we went to the history museum this weekend. Okay. Me and my father's. Um, and, uh, David has two daddies. I have two dads now. <laughs> um, but, uh, we were walking through their like diorama room mm-hmm. and they have this like horrific scene, uh, depicting the Chicago fire. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I am now longing for so much is a, yeah, you clean, need to clean it up. Go quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 Don't pause do, do, there, do. man. Don't pause there. Um, something that I'm clamoring for now is, uh, media about big urban fires that wrecked countless cities before like the 1900s it is and i feel like if you had hit like towering inferno time like i think you were born out of time you know what i mean like towering inferno is a great movie but i'm talking about like it won an oscar just like uh san andreas like scale like disaster movie but people in like all old-timey clothes with horses running away from a fire and i think that'd be like titanic but on land with a fire with a fire yeah the it. fire is very important. I'll make that clear. Make Three fine folks discuss fictional finance. Make believe money. I'm so excited to talk about this. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Dan, what are we talking about? Uh, Rampage. Which, to be clear, I did not know was becoming a movie. Isn't it great? (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> because we'll talk about what it is in a second here. But it, I mean, in a nutshell, it's like an arcade style video game that I played a lot growing up that I did not think had a plot. And based on reading the Wikipedia of the movie that's coming out, it maybe doesn't have a plot. Oh, no. no. <laughs> is it like, did Battleship have a plot? I didn't see that because it sounded terrible. I Battleship was see it. pretty much like an unofficial sequel to Battlefield LA. Or was like, that a movie? I that also was... did not see that. That was like a crappy like alien invasion movie. They oh. weren't actually related. They were just like, it was a nameless alien invasion movie. That they, they were fighting threw. aliens. Yeah, that's so dumb. Why were they fighting other battleships? Yeah, that's the whole point of. Well, battleship. they were fighting. They were fighting it with a battleship. Okay, uh, are we the aliens in this case? Like our giant hands? No, it was it was like weird Transformers aliens. This is dumb. They anyway, actually like the they were like the squid. Mon- <laughs> they were like the squid robots from the Matrix. I think. Oh, that, it was oh weird. maybe it's a prequel. I've only seen it on mute in sports bars. So Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the point is, we're going to talk about Rampage, and specifically what Damon wanted to know about Rampage, after I learned it was a movie, was how both municipalities and personal people should prepare for disasters. I'm excited and about And obviously this. I took a financial angle on it, but... Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like... I like to think I'm prepared for a disaster, but I have a feeling by the end of this episode, I'm going to make a list. And a go bag. <laughs> and a go bag. And a go bag. Um, do you, would you like me to sum up the yes. remnants of a plot that exists in Yeah, why don't you sum up the page? plot, and then we will spend some time ranking ourselves on how knowledgeable we are about yeah. said franchise. Oh, could we do, I know you know the video game, like the back of your hand. Dan, would you then run down a real quick... Uh, what the movie might become. Because I think when this podcast comes out, we'll be right around when Rampage comes out in theaters. That was the plan, I think. Hashtag no spoilers. Yes. Well, we movie. haven't seen it yet, so we I can't give it. I we will, yeah, we can't spoil. But I will tell you what I know about the movie if Damon wants to talk about the video game. Great. So the video game, you are uh, 
the player gets to select from a number of scientists and or civilians that uh, have been uh, infected with this uh, like germ warfare thing that turns you into a giant monster. Whoa. And you're either a giant ape, a giant werewolf, or a giant uh, clearly Godzilla monster. Um, I think he's technically supposed to be an iguana or a crocodile. I think he's a crocodile. At least yeah. in the movie, he's a crocodile. In the movie, uh, he's a crocodile. Yeah. And they just have like regular people's names like George. It's weird. <laughs> um, a little odd. Uh, but I was always really struck with uh, that the initial series. Um, so the, the whole thing is like you go through a number of levels that are different cities that you are trying to destroy in as much totality as possible. Okay. And you, uh, you can do it multiplayer where you and your friends are trying to beat up the city in the, the most, uh, effective manner. So is it you two against the city or are you against you against the, you are, uh, score wise, you are competing against each other based on what you're able to destroy. Um, the only like antagonist, you're technically the antagonist in the story, I guess, but, um, your antagonist is the military who are trying to, um, intervene and keep you from further destroying more things. Um, yeah, it was always kind of a fun cathartic game because your literal only objective was to destroy and yeah. there did not seem to be much of a plot. That's what you just kids like picked a monster and you wrecked cities yeah and if you got good at it you got to wreck bigger cities <laughs> and between nice. levels you would see on the map like you would go from uh it was weirdly local to begin with because the initial series starts in peoria where which is not far from where i grew up huh. uh and that that always just like struck me hey, but like in peoria i think i think in the first one you go from like peoria to Joliet to Chicago, and then you do like other major cities like around the U.S. Which, That's no nuts. offense to Peoria or Joliet, but a giant monster would like knock down. It a would building clean up and pretty be like, quick. All right, yeah. <laughs> time to keep moving. That's like a joke at the end of the musical version of Little Shop of Horrors. They're like across all these tiny towns in the world, like Peoria <laughs> yep. and Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that is. Uh, I think eventually there's like a scientist who is tracking you, who is trying to cure you. Um, but your goal, it doesn't play out as a game mechanic, but your goal is to destroy all the cities before they're able to save you. Do you, is there an end? Uh, you destroy all the cities. There's and there's an end. like a narrative end to the, to the game, but I don't really recall it. There's oh. an end, I think, in the way like Pac-Man has an end where you just like get through all the levels and, and it says, you have some amount job. of score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the movie is similar-ish from what I understand. It is Dwayne the Rock Johnson um, is the scientist. Going back to the cold open real quick, that was my tie-in, is that I want the Rock to star in my hypothetical Chicago Fire movie. I hope that part makes sense. <laughs> I show. hope so, too. Otherwise, now you're a crazy person. <laughs> or that's just for whoever edits this. Um, <laughs> Liz looked very Me. sad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dwayne, our friend Dwayne, um, is the scientist, and he he's like okay. a well, he's like a primatologist, Rude. I think, if that's a real world I mean. word, and he like is friends with the gorilla. Okay, and so basically, a gorilla and a wolf and an alligator, crocodile, whatever, all same idea. They get somehow mutated and get giant and just start destroying things. But like, Dwayne is trying to like reclaim the soul of his gorilla friend, and his gorilla friend is like 
keeping these other bad ga- baddies from destroying cities is how I understand it. But is the gorilla a real gorilla or is the gorilla a person? They're all, no, they're all... They're in this all, one, they're all real animals oh, okay. that are like become hyper-intelligent and giant and like destroy E. And he's both, I think, trying to both undo their giant and evilness and also trying to, you know, like... Kind of like a Kong-style communicate with the beast inside. But There's been a lot of that lately. Yeah. Jurassic World had that. I wonder if that's some overarching, like something that's going on in our society. But hey, we're not an we're not an analysis podcast. Somebody will write a paper about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. In like 10 years. <laughs> Somebody send that to me when you write your uh, PhD on it or right. something. Absolutely. Uh so what are your ratings? Uh I would rate myself a six. I played a bunch of it. I played the sequel. Um, I'm probably gonna go watch this movie with a smile on my face. I love uh, it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I feel like I told quite a bit about it. And yeah, you could more tell. than the yeah. average person yeah. would know. I would clear another three levels if I could remember what like the end game bit is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dan, uh, I'll say a five based on Damon six because I also played the game a bunch as a kid, but I didn't even know as much of the plot as Damon did. I thought you just got to destroy some stuff. Yeah. Um, and the reason that another reason I'll knock myself down a point, so maybe I'm a four, four or five is because I will probably not see this movie. <laughs> That's not true. I will see this movie six years from now on a plane. On a plane. Uh, I am going to give myself a two. I was a PlayStation kid, and we didn't have any kind of Nintendo stuff, or if they did make Rampage for PlayStation, I didn't have that. Um, and I've only ever seen Damon play it on his rusted out uh, Nintendo system. Super Nintendo? N64. N64, yeah. And um, I will probably see the movie, but for my other podcast where I go talk about bad movies. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, about a two. (laughs) Actually, you know where I played this most was in bowling alleys. My dad was a huge bowler, and I actually am a pretty good bowler because of that, and I really enjoy it, but... Like, I never had it on N64, but I used to play it because it was also like an arcade arcade style. They had it at arcades. Um, and he went to a bowling alley um, that had an arcade, and it it had it, and so I would play this a lot. Yeah, the original, I think it started as an arcade I think so game too. and then was ported for the Super Nintendo. It plays like it. And I actually have um, Roll Tour, which is a sequel to the initial game. Oh. Yeah, for the N64. Gotcha. Yep. That's pretty cool. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, like it. It's great. Like the big thing about it was like the weird gimmicks of like the things that you would interact with as you're destroying the city. Yeah. So like if you punch a neon sign, like you would shock yourself, and yeah. like that would be bad for you. But like you need to punch everything around the neon sign to like knock it down. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and like civilians would like throw stuff out windows at you that could like have varying effects on you. If I remember, like if you hit a helicopter, like the blades could hurt your hand, and Ouch. like there was just like random stuff like that. It's not graphic at all. It's no. just like <laughs> okay. So I'm imagining like a lot of keep in, ma- keep in mind we're dealing with like 16 bits here. Yeah, so. sure. Feel it yeah, too much. For all red. we know, it was horribly graphic, but you could make none of it out. Right. So yeah. <laughs> so who cares? Um, but I remember that like. Uh, Eventually, like the military could like uh, could like hurt you enough that you would shrink down to like your human form, and that was basically in the arcade. Like, put in a new yeah, quarter. that was that was game. Oh. Your big dummy, you like big dummy. Um, 
But like on the N64, they there wasn't any. I think maybe you had like a point threshold, but like you got points for hitting everything. Like so, you never like so ran you, out of lives or anything. You didn't never stop. You never stop. I'm sure it's like a high score thing where it's like when every time you shrink, you lose X amount of points. So if you want to get to like the game kill screen or something, you got to protect yourself. Yeah. But okay. Like, yeah. Oh, we should do something on a fistful of quarters sometime. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's a. All right. We don't have to go into it now, but Is it's it a, a game. It's a documentary. Yeah. Oh, all I'm about like beating some of the old arcade games, like getting like the kill King streams. of Kong, like the economy yeah. of that. That'd be cool. Okay. But what are we talking about today? Yeah. So specifically, we're going to talk about how municipalities prepare for disasters and how, like, personally, people should prepare for disasters. Cool. Where you want to start? I'm thinking municipalities. Let's start big. If that works, yeah. So these happen, right? They, um, I mean, not this tragedy. Yes, <laughs> no, you don't know. I mean, giant monsters <clears throat> attack cities all the time. All right, all right. We're we're. In I've seen movies. <laughs> you do have to wonder if there's aliens who like pick up our TV signals in like 50 million years because they've just shot out in the space and they don't understand fiction and they just like, man, this planet really is unfortunate. Like Galaxy they just keep getting style. like those ind- Independence Day people are back again. God. <sighs> they doing how many meteors can one planet get almost hit with <laughs> he could have been in a barbecue damn it <laughs> um, that movie's dumb <laughs> oh i love that movie um anywho so for example um the berkshire hathaway annual uh letter the um warren buffett puts out an annual letter every year and so i read it because if you're a finance person you tend to read it because it's like our nerd bible um, what does it say? What's the kind of... It's like all just investing lessons and like a lot of it's like thoughts on the company because he runs Berkshire Hathaway and their companies and how it's going and all that. But like there's just a lot of like, hey, I know this seems popular right now, but it's not like a smart idea or hey, I know this seems like, you know, it's gonna it's the worst time ever, but like it's going to come back around. So like if you go read like it's 2008, so there's just a lot of like the economy will come back. We're all going to be fine. And like pre 2008, there's a lot of like, well, things seem expensive. So just keep that in mind. And like, he's just, he's a wise and tempered man. Yeah. Um, still buys who McDonald's. eats too much McDonald's yep. and drinks too much Coke. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we all have our failings. <laughs> it's also 80. So like at this point, <laughs> roll smoke the, while you got him. Yeah, roll the dice. <laughs> like, Do what you want, pal. You yeah. earned it. Um, and he has enough money to get the best doctors that anyone could ever. And the best the, McRib. That you could literally buy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, speaking of, if you're listening, Warren, um, and thank you for tuning in. Oh, I was so doing nice the math the other day and like all of the publicly traded gun companies are like five billion of market cap. Could you just buy those and shut them all down for me? That'd be great. You could totally do that. You have enough companies that you could put those people to work like on your railroad and keep their jobs and just not have guns. So yeah, go do that. Anywho, sidebar. Getting political by making a good point. (laughs) Um, There's some that are publicly, or not publicly traded, although one of them's in bankruptcy, so you could probably buy their debt. Not important right now. Anyway, get in contact with Dan. He's got a lot of good ideas. Mr. Buffett, please email us at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. If he emails us, I will jump out this window (laughs) and burst into flames. (laughs) Um, Anywho... So, and then I actually was doing some looking around because I didn't want to actually price out like what some of these major disasters would be because that seemed like interesting, but not really productive. (laughs) Also kind of a downer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I found somebody else who did it. So the Avengers movie, the original from 2012, uh, a company that does like, you know, kind of claims and disaster related stuff. uh, And I'll put this in a spreadsheet that we can put on our show notes, but... 
estimated that the physical damage from the alien invasion would be 60 to 70 billion dollars uh the economic and cleanups cost would hit about 90 uh and then with the loss of lives so the total price tag would be about 160 billion honestly that seems low um for new york yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I also have no concept of what a billion dollars is. Right. So, like, feels like well, I guess I went in this whole Warren Buffett thing, but I never finished my point. But like, they're, in his letter this year, he talks about the hurricanes that hit Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico, and he owns a major insurance company, and so they are estimating that like for the U.S., those caused about $100 billion of damage. Whew. So like, these losses aren't super typical, but like they happen. I'm yeah. sure Katrina was in the 70, 80, 100 billion range, and like... Well, and that's pretty... Like, if they rank the alien invasion in the Avengers is the same as just three hurricanes. Like it sounds pretty rough. That's nuts. Then like, dang. Right. And you see this a lot, right? Like Pacific Rim and Avenger. Like there's a lot of cities that get destroyed in these type of movies. I wonder what would happen if you layered like a world map with all of like a topographical map of all of the like horrible disasters in every movie that's ever been made. And like what coverage the world would have and if there'd be any people left. Is there any place that you're still safe? Right. I think there's a thing. Yeah? I think there's, I think I, it was on Reddit. I would never be able to find it again, but I. Well, if anybody knows where yeah. that is, send it yeah. to us because I'd be really interested in yeah. seeing but it. But they broke it down. It was like, uh, it was like an analysis of like what cities are affected by like what sorts of things uh in movies and like which ones get like giant monsters and which ones get alien invasions and all of that and like. Um, I'd just be interested in knowing, like, is there one, like, forgotten city in Russia that's like, hey, we've never been hit by anything? Oh, this is great. <laughs> I think Australia is pretty tight. <laughs> but Fair enough. It's in Australia. Where so everything's trying to kill you already. I was say, they did have a big old hole in the ozone, but that's getting solved. Yeah, but that was real life. We're talking about movies, bitch. That's yeah. <laughs> Anyway, in real life, don't go, maybe. Also, my thing with the, something like the Avengers, it cost $160 billion, but like now you have access to alien technology, which has got to be worth some crazy amount of money. Yeah. yeah. Now, you can't replace the human life, but the rest of it, like in theory, that those revenues could finance some reconstruction. But let's talk about how they do it in the real world. Yeah. So, a lot of the damage that would be caused would be covered by just private insurance. Sure, right like, like there's an insurance company yeah that homeowners but also like major buildings have insurance <laughs> and like what the avengers is a literal act of god <laughs> i was gonna yeah. get to that you <laughs> co-opted my oh, joke i'm so sorry no that's okay i thought i was but clever. i literally had that th- i had that thought of i was like if thor's a god is this an act of god well, literally well, loki god. is and he's the one who causes oh, all true. the the kerfuffle so two active gods yeah so covered. Maybe we're covered. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> oh, great. Uh, <laughs> I can peel all this Chitari stuff out of my condo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was actually so, I mean, there's some amount of homeowners for like major downtown apartments, but even like major buildings have some sort of private insurance company oh, coverage, sure. right? Um, and a lot of those go through what's called reinsurance. So that's in, where that's insurance for your insurance. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. In Wait, the insur- I don't understand. You're going yeah. to in the insurance world. So let's say I'm uh, an insurance company and I insure. I just I started in New York. I have a ton of in- buildings in New York. That's risky. Right. Mm-hmm. If I insure a major building in New York and a major building in Dallas and a major building in L.A., chances are all three of them aren't going to, you know, take a major hit tomorrow but if i insure and if they do who cares yeah at that point like <laughs> we're all bloods in the streets yeah. and who cares <laughs> but if you insure three major buildings in new york 
they could all be hit by the same disaster. Sure. Right? If you yeah. cover a lot of New Orleans and Katrina happens, you're you're effed. And there's also just you may insure so much that even if part of your stuff got hit, you could be in major financial trouble. Sure. So insurers do what's called reinsurance, which is where I will agree to insure something for $100 billion, and then I will sell part or all of that coverage to other insurance companies. Oh, weird. Some of which are other major insurance companies, so like State Farm might sell to Geico, but there are also companies who, like a middle market that no consumer would ever see, whose literal only job is reinsurance. You know, what's the... What's the benefit there? Yeah, how does that like, run down when something like that happens? Like, yeah, I mean, it's the same as regular insurance where I, as the insurance company, pay you to cover some of my risk, mm-hmm. a small premium, just like, you know, homeowner's insurance, I pay you 100 bucks a month. But if a five, you know, 100,000 thing happens, you pay out. Okay. So oh. it's the same idea where I might take 100 billion in coverage and I'll say, hey, I'll pay you $6 million a year to cover help cover 50 billion of this. Probably good money for you, nothing happens. But if something does, you got to show up with a $50 billion check. Okay. And those ratios are probably off. But you get the idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It just spreads the risk around, keeps insurance companies solvent if there was some sort of major disaster in one area where you're particularly heavily weighted toward. Okay. That's kind of nuts. I guess I never thought that like insurance companies were so closely like they all like linked to each other in some way. Well, I guess that, that might have been even more important when there were smaller regional, more smaller regional insurance providers Yeah, where your risk is very centralized and yep. like you may have to pay out for, you know, 80 homes that got taken out by a tornado. Right. I mean, if you think about it, like if you were a sh- local Chicago company, but that had a big Chicago presence and the Chicago fire happens, you're going out of business and that's not a huge deal. I mean, it sucks for you, but Really, the reason coinsurance is often required, and there is laws around how much you have to have, is because if you go out of business, no one's who, paying who pays those people. claims yeah. for people, right? right. Um, so people lose their homes and livelihoods and everything. Oof. So that's for the private side. Okay. Then there's the public side. So municipalities themselves can do a couple of things. They could have cash on hand, right? They just have cash lying around. And they could also do some financial engineering, and you don't want to do this, Chicago. <laughs> but you can do some financial engineering to potentially get at people's pensions and some of your other, like, socked-away funds. It's not great. But there's a history of municipalities having done that in major disasters. Oof. So there's cash on hand. Uh, then you can petition the federal government for some sort of relief, right? So that's what FEMA is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they provide, you know, volunteers and resources and all that. But they also provide very low-interest loans or potentially grants or what have you to help people. So a classic example of that is when it didn't happen in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I agree. But the point is, in theory, if the system's working right and our government were a little more caring, you can petition petition the federal government for money to help you rebuild, especially major infrastructure, infrastructure. bridges gonna, and water and electric and stuff. I'm going to drop a link into our show notes for a, a Puerto Rico fund website mm, please so please do they still I mean, it's still like something like 60 percent of the island doesn't have electricity That's like so it's nuts. terrible mm-hmm. and like this is america for god's sake they're american they're american yeah. citizens yeah. like ugh. so yeah if you have a few extra bucks throw it puerto rico's way right and then sponsor us and then sponsor us <laughs> but puerto rico first um <laughs> so that's all interesting and then there are specialized government agencies that often like covers. So we talked about flood insurance is only through the federal government. There's a few other things like that, 
like there's I think uh, earthquake. There's certain areas that are prone to earthquakes that have like, I think Texas has one or maybe California, but like there's specific government offices whose entire job is to like cover specific risks in specific areas where they know it might be too risky for normal insurance companies to want to be involved or or at least they would charge an arm and a leg to be involved. So okay. is that just subsidized by like people's taxes? Yeah, either that or like we kind of talked about with flood insurance where they may charge a little bit less for some people that probably it should be very expensive and a little bit more for some people that probably shouldn't be as expensive just to kind of spread the risk around. So that a person living in like downtown San Francisco isn't paying $400 a month for right. earthquake insurance, but someone in, you know, someone in the Oklahoma outs. could pay, you know, the same rate as them to offset it. Exactly. Right. Somebody right on a fault line will pay roughly the same as somebody maybe 50 miles off the flat, uh, the fault line, even though in the event of the thing, one person might lose their home and one person might have to replace a couple of walls or something. Yeah, sure. Uh, but then the last thing, before we get to personal, because I think it's interesting, is what's called catastrophe bonds. And I can't remember if we've talked about these before. I don't think so. We've talked about some bonds, but yeah. lay it on me. Yeah, a catastrophe bond is exactly what it sounds like. It sounds spooky. <laughs> you lend money to an insurer. You being literally individuals can lend money to an insurer. They can buy catastrophe bonds. And if nothing happens, the insurer pays you money. They pay you interest. But if something happens... They take your money and they use it to cover the disaster. And now, is that like a? If you were going to do that, would that be like a charitable thing you were doing theoretically, nope. or that's like for your own? You are trying to make money. You are betting against natural <clears throat> disasters. So I'm guessing that these kind of bonds have a better return than the standard. Uh, I'd have to bond. look, but I would guess yes because presumably they are higher risk yeah. and therefore would have need to have a higher return to entice people. Yeah. And actually, I would kind of went down a rabbit hole thinking about this. This is one of those that is going to, at some point, I mean, with the world being the way it is, climate change and all, all that, these are going to be riskier and riskier. Mm-hmm. So in theory, they're going to have to be higher and higher yielding I was gonna say, what's going the, forward. What's the term on a thing like that? Like, I are mean, we talking that factor of years or probably, okay. I mean, they're, they, they just like all bonds, they can be written, whatever they can write yeah. you a year or two years or five years or 10 years. Or and then they years. just adjust the rate for what, okay. Right. But just like even like normal uh, government bonds, a 30 year bond has a higher rate than like a year bond because There's a more. technically you're taking more risk that I guess the government could go out of business or whatever, but more, you're just also taking more interest rate risk because if you'd get a 30-year bond now, you're basically saying, well, I hope no time in the next 30 years do rates go higher, where I could have <laughs> borrowed at a higher amount, right? Yeah. So, right. Like, so yeah, catastrophe bonds are basically betting against natural disasters. So I would say, hey, I don't think Chicago is going to have an earthquake, so I'm going to give this insurance company a 1000 bucks, and they're going to pay me whatever, 3%, for the next three or four years. And if Chicago has an earthquake, they take my whole 1000 and they go fix the earthquake. Sounds weirdly optimistic. And also opportunistic. Like, yeah. I mean, in the end, if you're comfortable with like losing pos- the possibility of losing this money to like helping people, that's fine. <clears throat> I mean, that's why I think it must just have a crazy return on it ultimately. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it would all, de- it would depend on any number of factors. Like, you know, what disaster, sort of catas- like yeah. what the catastrophe of choice would be in wherever you are does it separate out by like type of disaster or is it just any disaster 
We're getting I deep. I guess so. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to read an article about it right Sweet. now. Sweet. So this is from CNBC, and oh, this is August of 2016, but they are yielding over 5% in 2016, which was very high for the time, and actually is somewhat high even for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they cover hurricanes, earthquakes, winter storms and floods in Europe. Yeah, so this was when 10-year U.S. treasuries were yielding below 1%. Oh. And they were yielding five. Wow. So high risk, high reward. Twenty five billion market. And even bigger. Yeah, so that's what I have so far. I'm sure I could find more things. And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it depends on the time. I'm sure it depends on the risk that is being insured and all sorts of other things. Um, but it's weird, like, you know, because with all markets. I bet you the things this thing trades up and down on are so weird. Like El Nino years are more or less than yeah. other years. And like a warm winter is more or less than like a, a cold winter. And like all sorts of weird things that they know like promote hurricanes That's or do this so or do weird. that. What kind of people in like take part in that? Like is that a thing that like like I would want to do? Uh, I bet you you could somehow. I would guess it's major like bond mutual fund managers who decide whether this makes sense or not a because then you can buy something pretty risky but not have to worry about being totally wiped out because you have other things in your portfolio Mm -hmm. honestly the people who do it right now are probably the people who are doing this all over the place which is not something i recommend people who are called what's chasing yield which basically means when everything is low return you're willing to go to anything that's high return but that tends to get you in trouble because high return means high risk. And so that'll work against you. Like it'll work until it stops working and then it'll break real bad. Like Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, possibly like Bitcoin. Um, a lot of actually one place that's happening a lot right now is startups. Like startups are getting pretty crazy valuations because people are like, Hey, we need something that's going to make us a lot of money, and there's not a lot of other things out there that are doing really great. Although the stock market actually is, but like they want, you know, more. <laughs> Sometimes that can work. Uh, always with the more. <laughs> yeah, come on, people. Are you not happy with what you already have? <laughs> um. So sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Is that the, that's like the same sort of thing as what happened with the dot com bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God. well, that's a little bit of both. Okay. Some of that was chasing yield, for sure. Like, hey, we want more. Some of it was also just irrational exuberance, where people were like, this company makes $100 a year and loses $100 million in profit, but it's growing users, so it's worth $20 billion. It's like, n- no, that's mm. not correct. We're all really dumb. <laughs> hey, man. One of these days, we'll have an episode where we talk about tulips, and it's going to blow your fucking oh, mind. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. What? We have to think of a property that uh, revolves around that what is happening? The Scarlet- That's our heater. It's ah, the heater. Okay. That's fine. That weird like <laughs> sound. That sounds like it our does cat. sound like you have someone trapped in like a room somewhere begging for help. Quiet, Sheila. <laughs> We're recording. Uh the Scarlet Scarlet Peppernail? Is that does that have He's anything like to do Batman. with tulips? He's like the original Batman. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'll find a way to weed yeah. in tulips okay. someday. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about from a personal standpoint yeah, this how is you I'm prepare really for a disaster. So one is the basics, and I'm no prepper or expert, but like, you know, have the basic necessities in your house. So a bunker. Have some water. Three years of canned food. Have some food. Okay. It doesn't have to be three years <laughs> of canned food. Have flashlights, have batteries, and like, you know, make a plan. Hey, 
this is our area. This is how we get out of our area. This is where we should meet each other if we're both at work or, if, you know, whatever. You're at school. So, like, that's the basic stuff, which, you know, good to have. Nobody really has, but probably good to have. Damon and I have a spot to meet if we're both at work and something happens. Nice. Yeah. Damon's right. Have a go bag. You know, have something that you can just pick up and, like, it's got the things you need for a little while. And like also... A set of clothes and yeah. Yeah. a food. Like $4,000 in cash and... Some, and <laughs> some new passports. New passports. <laughs> have a go bag and have a stay bag. Have some water and, like, food in your home in case you get trapped there. And have some water and food in a bag that you can take oh, with you. And I, in, my, in my stay bag. When you said go bag versus stay bag, I was like, go bag is, like, emergency supplies and stay bag is wine and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really I mean, depends on the emergency now, doesn't it? I was like... It's it's a if you're trapped in your home sort of stay bag. Yeah. So like as long as there's enough wine and cheese to get you through three or four or five days, that can be your stay bag. It's like the mask of the red death up in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, from a financial standpoint, you should probably have some cash in your apartment. Um, how much is up to you? I will warn you, most property insurance doesn't cover a lot of cash. Okay. Um, most property, and you can check your own renters or homeowners policy to see how much it covers, but most of it's exempt after a certain amount, so probably like 500 bucks. I was Is that just say you're mostly just looking to like cover groceries in the yeah. event that like or ATMs like transportation. are inaccessible. Yeah, yeah or just yeah. like that there's a line and it's gotten crazy and card machines aren't working and people are offering... 50 bucks for a gallon of water you want to be able to offer 100 or whatever right yeah um and that's pretty dire situation but like you dark. saw some of that in you know like katrina and stuff like that where like res- basic resources were hard to come by yeah well i mean like we got 12 inches of snow last month and like there were lines at grocery stores the night before because yeah. people were like people panic about that kind yeah. of thing and like i don't know not the, like the atms didn't go down but like you know it would be a situation where expedience may be key, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having some money, it also doesn't hurt just because you never know when, like, oh, I forgot my movers only take cash or something. Like, it can't hurt to have around. Just as, but... like, a, whoops, I don't have cash, and then you can replace it when yeah, you Yeah, you can it. always exactly. replace it when you go back, but, yeah. It's not a bad idea. So, yeah. I don't do it, though, because... That would be terrible, and no one come break into my house. Yeah, it's definitely. I, not I definitely don't under have the sofa. A, what are you talking yeah. about? I definitely don't have a large amount of quarters. <laughs> Damon and Liz are gonna come over to visit, and I'm gonna be like, "You're in the bathroom a long time." It's like, yeah, I uh, was definitely not getting flush. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. That's my dumb joke. Uh, <laughs> um. So to that end, though, yeah, you should also have property insurance. So mm-hmm. if you own a home, and I guess you didn't buy it in cash, you're going to have homeowners. They're going to make you have it. But if you don't have renter's insurance, get renter's insurance. Yeah, it's man. cheap, and it's worth it. And it covers you for your property, but it also covers you for liability, which is nice. So we can go more into that when it's relevant to a topic. But the point is, have it. Um, yeah. My apartment, speaking of small disasters, my apartment got broken into like the second year I lived here, and they stole my laptop and some jewelry from my like cousin's wedding, which really bummed me out, guys. Uh, and if you're listening, just send it back. No just questions asked. Send it back. I will stop wishing hemorrhoids on you every night before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that'll be a thing I promise I won't do anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, my I had and my friend who lived across the hall from me also got broken into, and he didn't have renter's insurance, and I did, and I got my laptop replaced, and 
then promptly my insurance was like, you're too expensive for us. And they dropped me. But I'm not saying it's a perfect system, but well, at least no, it, it served did, it you the way that. you needed to serve you. Yeah, I got my I got a computer because I needed it for work and doing things. Mm-hmm. And be careful on jewelry. You may want to do a, what's called a, a personal articles policy because jewelry is generally only covered to a certain limit. Yeah, I did find that out yeah, too. Yeah, and they're kind of buttholes about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so when my wife lost her engagement ring, which was a great day. Yeah, uh, Except it did look, I did look really good because she called me like, crying and she was so upset and she's like i'm so sorry and i was like well this sucks it's not good but this is why your husband has his insurance licenses and bought us a personal article policy because we paid zero (laughs) dollars to replace her very expensive engagement ring see i lost my engagement ring and it would have been delightful to do the exact same thing you did except bleep (laughs) (laughs) because redacted got a, a bug up their butt about it being vintage and they weren't gonna cover it yeah there was like a chip in it yeah. Because it's vintage. Oh, you should be making a stink. I bet you you can get them to cover it. Way well, too late now. It's a little now. late now. Oh. <laughs> it's gone. It's a great thing to have in place before it gets lost. So yeah. Yeah. One day we'll buy it again. There's a savings account working on it. So Wait, really? You sweet little <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, I don't Aww. feel like I should be here. That was so nice. We're going to come back. Okay. I'll take a brief break to talk about our sponsor's true love. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the so, next, the obvious one, have an emergency fund. Yeah. What do you recommend? Not that we revolve. We don't advice. recommend. But if I was to, <laughs> for me personally, uh-huh. I would have something like three to nine months of essential living expenses. So not income, not every expense, but the things that don't Keep go away on. when the job's does basically right so, so like cell phone bill and rent and groceries and debt? depends on the debt um things like student loans you could potentially defer if they're federal although sure. you generally have to pay them for another month things like you know minimums on credit card debt probably i mean just because they you, they got to get paid right, yeah. right? otherwise they're there's penalties your credit. that would yeah. hurt you know actually yeah. during um while all of those hurricanes were hitting every place uh this year um this past year uh, my credit card company, when I logged in, had a, a bar at the top that said, if you've been affected by hurricanes recently, please contact us. So mm. I think that they were like offering solutions. I don't know how generous they are. Yeah, but I mean, still, that's nice. But again, they don't have to. Right. So yeah. I would say better to have the emergency fund for it than not. And I know that's a scary big number, but do something, right? Put but every little if bit. If you're saving 10 bucks a month, put $1 away for that just to start to build it up, right? Like anything helps because this is going to sound terrible and awful and wrong, but like there's very few problems in our world that can't be solved by having money. Right. If you can throw cash at it, a lot of things go away. Like Like, things really scary are scary until you realize, well, worst comes to worst, I'll just buy another one. Right. I know. And it's really, it's also just very nice. It's a good feeling emotionally to know that like, hey, if my job went away tomorrow... Like, I need to get another one, but I don't have to panic. Right. You know I'm not I mean? going to be in trouble. Right. I don't have to go to my parents, or I don't have to, like, you can you can do things. You don't have to sell meaningful things. You right. Know? right. Like, you got, you got, you, you're buying time. Yeah. You, and you also just don't have to be desperate, right? You don't have to take the first job that comes along that you hate. You can be like, I think there's something a better fit for me, or what yeah. have you. The things I've been reading have called that a fuck off fund. Yeah. My mom <laughs> calls it her uh, screw you fund. Yeah. I like that. I mean, like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Bye. But it's there for the big four. Job loss, car repair, 
home repair and medical expense, whether that's you or like, oh, I got to go fly to see my mom who had ever, you know, appendix out or whatever. I hear that your deductible is a good benchmark as well. Like if you definitely want to have at least your deductible covered. I think oftentimes people need more than that. Mm-hmm. But if your deductible is thirteen hundred bucks, let's say you have a high deductible plan, then yeah, you probably want to have thirteen hundred bucks because if you have a five thousand dollars expense, you're going to need more than thirteen hundred. But you'll have to at least get that day one. Right. So I suggest a separate account somewhere that's not connected to your checking account because so checking accounts are really it. savings accounts in this day and age. Oh, okay. Because you can move money from a checking to a savings in about a hot second. Mm-hmm. But when you have an account at a different bank that takes a couple of days to transfer over to your main spending account, it kind of forces you to think a little bit longer and harder about using it. Um, and to answer the question everybody always asks me, don't invest it. I get the desire to want that because you want to make that money work for you. But what happens is... You invest it, and then you need it because you lose your job. You lose your job because the economy's not doing well, because the economy's not doing well, your company's not doing well, because you know neither your economy or your company's doing well, the market's not doing well. And so when you go to get your six months of emergency fund, it actually is three months oh, because no. it was invested, and the economy didn't do well, and it all kind of falls to pieces. Oh, my gosh. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah, they tend to be highly correlated. Not everything, right? Like you, when you like have a medical bill, it might not be, but like when you lose your job and when your stock portfolio is not doing well, pretty pretty correlated yeah i think the only reason i had thought that that was a like a not great idea was because oftentimes you have to pay fees to get your money back out from things you invested in and like i was like well you're gonna want all of it you can get to but if it's shrinking because the economy's bad anyway that's not great yeah Yeah. and you can have fees and it can be a little harder to get to in the short term but the big one big one for me is just that like it's volatile yeah you might need all of it and you might log in and have half of it oof and I think we're lucky in that we live in a day and age where there are like higher yield online savings accounts that what you are not wrong. There are higher yield online savings accounts. It's just the interest rate environment we're in. I mean, there've been times in us history where savings accounts yielded seven or 8%. Oh, oh yeah. Right no, now no, it's I like know I'm talking one about one and a half oh, yeah. is like a crazy high <laughs> yield over like, like the Whoa. big banks 0.01. We're like, we're getting rich on a percent and a half, baby. But I was going to counter that with another benefit of it. Like being that it's likely a bank separate from where you do your primary, like banking. Right. Yeah. It's an added incentive to not utilize that money unless it's an emergency. Yeah, totally. Because your normal bank account will give you three pennies and you'll see you'll get, you know, 70 bucks maybe on your other one. You'll be like, hey, that's that's progress. pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Man, 7% sounds real nice though. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Comes with other problems though, right? Like what? Generally, it's related to inflation. Oh. The higher okay. your interest rates, the higher inflation. Well, so, the other way around. So I'm getting 7%. Is high. I'm getting 7% on my like savings account. And 5% but, of it's going to cost of living increases. Great. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So everything's the same. Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. What she said. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Ah. You know? To be or not to be. <laughs> A bird in the hand is worth... Um, okay. <laughs> Et tu, Brute? <laughs> I was going to say like another... Uh, so I've got two more. Go on. If you want, I guess you can have precious metals. There are people who like keep gold or silver <laughs> I, or platinum. I hear it's a great plan to take all that and then bury it in the park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's good if you're a real worrier and like you're thinking people are going to be like, 
cash is useless, gold only. But, but at that point, it's broken so bad that I feel like, this is going to be blue, but welcome to our podcast. You're better off with a gun at that point than you are gold. No, but for real, you have to think or just like, like raw practical food. use. Like, yeah. That's like what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Farmland. Yeah. You're better off with just like something you can just take by force, I guess. Cause like, I don't know. Even gold, when it was a currency, and it has been, was like in an established economy where everyone recognized its value. Right, like I was in a say- Maslow hierarchy of needs. If it's food or gold, you're going to go for food. Right. So like, Intrinsically, gold is worth nothing. Correct. Yeah. It's just a shiny thing we found in the ground. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe pick a potato thing you found in the ground instead. But people do, like, historically, when everything breaks down, people have gone to gold as a currency. So, in theory, it could help you, maybe not in the emergency, but right thereafter, if, like, the government fell apart or something, I guess. But, like I said, at that point... I feel like we're all fighting off the zombies, and to your point, land and bullets are more valuable than gold, but that's just me. What would you pick if you had to pick, like, a thing to be prepared for a zombie apocalypse that wasn't money? Someone smarter than me? You can't pick a person. (laughs) I think that's slavery. (laughs) Well, I meant, like, to help me, not to, like, work for me. No, I just, like, I want my wife so I can be like, go cure zombieism. Go cure zombieism. Baseball bats? That's pretty good. I don't know. I would get a better bow and arrow. Like, I'm I'm a decent archer. I could take him down. A big boat? Bow and bow arrow. Bow and arrow? No, I want a oh, boat. Oh, you want a big though. boat? Oh, you want a boat. <laughs> like, I'll just go hang out, like, a mile off of shore and be the, like, come get me. That always seems like the best option, except that one time Damon and I watched a zombie movie where the zombies went underwater, and they were also Nazis. Um, The last thing to think about here. So this is another reason to diversify your investments, right? Because if you have one company that has a lot of their sales in one region or one area, you could, you know, potentially take a take the muzz if that region was disrupted for a while. You like the idea of take, take the, the muzz? muzz? That's something my mom says a lot. Take the muzz. It doesn't sound... Can we say that on the radio? <laughs> it sounds this like is a podcast. Old we can say whatever we want. Take the we muzz. Um... <laughs> But then, yeah, the other thing, the only last thing I had that I'll run through quickly because I know we're running long is Damon beat me to my joke Ah. of the things that insurance doesn't often cover. Acts of God. Yeah, Thor. Great. Thanks, Damon. (laughs) Um, Negligence. So if you're negligent, like if you, you know, cause somehow the disaster. Like if you left your own door open. Yeah, if you left your door unlocked blatantly open Mm -hmm. and someone robbed you, like in theory... They're not going to cover it because it was your own damn fault. That sucks. Now, don't tell them that, but that's insurance Absolutely fraud, but don't not. tell them yep. that. But that's insurance fraud. <laughs> don't tell them that. But that might be insurance fraud. <laughs> um, but more importantly, like in Rampage, taking it all the way back to Rampage. Oh, yeah. Remember how we were talking about that? Yeah. If they destroy the city, if the uh, the scientists who invented this thing had their houses in one of the cities destroyed, they might not have it covered because oh. technically they might be negligent. Oh. By letting these creatures get exposed to this, I think they might also technically be war criminals. At well, that point. Yeah. <laughs> so like, which brings us to a good point. <laughs> What's your bigger war, problem? including civil war, is not covered Whoa. by most property insurance. Ooh. I did not know that. Correct. Those are two things I've never even put together. What That's crazy. Do you do to be covered for war? You might be able to get a specific endorsement for it. I've never looked into it. I think you're just kind of effed. Like, everybody's effed anyway, Yeah, so. and, like, I mean, like, in Europe, 
we and a lot of other countries pitched into just rebuilding Europe, basically. Right. You know, after World War II, for example. <laughs> well, because we didn't the first time. Well, so. yeah, fair enough. But, <sighs> like, yeah, you are not covered in case of war, and you are not covered in case of nuclear hazard. Cool. So, cool, 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 cool. Bigger um, problems. If you're listening, North Korea, please send non nuclear missiles because then we'll be covered. Just, well, I don't know. I guess that might be war. Out. That's so. still be war. I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and say, everybody take a chill pill. Well, Stick to Twitter. Technically, Kim Il Sung is their god. So it's an act of God. So it's an act of God. <laughs> so he wouldn't be covered anyway. Dang Kim Il Sung or Kim Jong Il? The all three of them. Oh, okay. Like the, oh, yeah, the all dad, three of the, them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone who came out of the unicorn cave. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I wish I could so. say that was a joke. Um <laughs> But yeah, so those are the things that are not covered. So just so that depends on like, did the aliens declare war on us? Was it an act of God? Because none of that stuff may be covered. Were the aliens gods? That's well, what that depends on uh, that is like anything is magic if you don't know science enough. Well, here's the fun part about that. <laughs> in our real world, as it exists, that question would probably be decided in like an insurance court. That's you would think nuts. it would be decided by like philosophers and like <laughs> the moral leaders of our time, but probably someone would like file a claim and have to take it up to the Supreme Court to say like, no, they're not gods, or yes, they are. Dang, it would probably be like would litigated be, in an insurance claim. It'd be Avengers really nice movie. to have that all cleared up, though. Finally, yeah, <laughs> in a court of law. That's an Avengers movie we're just not. What does get. Ruth Bader Ginsburg think about? Oh, I would love that movie. Like one of like the court dramas where it's like about one, you know, like a Philadelphia where it's like about a major court case, but about like six years after Avengers, where someone's trying to determine if they really are gods or not. Okay, so here's my. They it's call like, Thor to the stand. <laughs> it's like Agents of Shield plus Murphy Brown. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I'm into it. Tm 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 tm. tm, TM. <laughs> To Marvel and Disney, yeah. <laughs> we're taking Murphy we're, Brown. We're taking meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Call us. Um, all of that makes me feel like uh, there's limited amounts of things I can do before the world is just boned. So yeah, but again, have a good emergency fund and have good property coverage, and ninety percent of the lives that people live, they'd be in good shape. Yeah, and vote. I would say vote. I would say vote. And vote, Vote yeah. conscientiously, you know. And have some basic necessities around your house. Yep. A bunker. I'm going to go buy some bottled water. Three years of bottled water. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, I need like, I want to buy like a couple of those big gallon ones just to have sitting there. They expire because the plastic starts to leach. Yeah. We should not use plastic. We should not use plastic. things that we eat, There's guys. There's a lot of reasons we should not use plastic at yeah. all. But it did kind of change the way our world works, so. <sighs> I mean, there's some good, not a lot, but some, but... Okay, we should not put our food in things that if it's in there long enough, it's no longer edible. I mean, better than lead, right? Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> that's a terrible. Uh, I think Don't that let... does it for us <laughs> this week. For oh, listening to Make Believe Lord. Money, <laughs> as always. Thank you to our composer Charlie Miller for her music. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a rating and review. We promise to be kind to you if you are kind to us. Um. Tell somebody that you don't know about this pod, or that doesn't know about us, about this podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, be safe out there in the wild world. I've been Damon. Oh, yeah. I've been Liz. <laughs> I've been Dan. Have a, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Thanks. Rampage. <laughs> Rampage. <laughs>